0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch the Muppet Movie two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand.
1: And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe.
0: And back with us today for the fourth time, for a record smashing fourth time. Yeah. Who do we have with us? Introduce yourself, sir.
2: Hi, I'm Danny Horn. Uh, I was the original founder of Tough Pigs uh, and also a co-founder of Muppet Wiki. And now I write a blog uh, about a show called Dark Shadows at Dark Shadows Every Day. And it's a great blog. Listeners, you should okay. check it out. And Danny, we're so thrilled to have you again.
0: Absolutely. You to be here again. I have a right. bold and clever plan for it. Very <laughs> <There you> good. <laughs> All right. So today we are looking at minutes 59 and 60 of The Muppet Movie. We have reached the hour mark.
1: Did you ever think that we would reach this point? I did, because it's not doesn't take that much effort to talk about The Muppet Movie. <laughs> That's, That's true. We, film. we could do this all day.
2: And we have. That would be the 24 hour. But, so today, <laughs> I'm
0: today we are looking at uh, minutes 59 and 60, which start with Professor Craftsman saying, well, we're going to perform an electronic cerebractomy and end with him saying, my pleasure, to Doc Hopper, two minutes later. So um, in between there, curious, Mel
2: Brooks... scariest is two minutes of the Muppet movie, possibly scariest right, minutes of anything. Right.
0: Mel Brooks as Professor Craftsman, who um, is one of... I, th- I think most people agree, one of the two best cameos in this movie, right? It's, it's Steve Martin and him. Yes. Um. And, in between there, he says a lot of other things. So we're going to do something a little different today. We're actually going to go through the dialogue line by line because there's just so much of it. It's the kind of thing we do. It's all so much fun to talk about. We so, love
1: it so much, and you love hearing us talk about it.
0: So <laughs> if they're still around for
2: episode thirty, I presume they do.
0: Sure. Um, you have not so realize
1: how much longer
2: this is than like you. You know, yeah, we got to the hour mark. Of the movie but how many hours has it been on this podcast they love us so much more <laughs> than they love the actual muppet movie because they're listening to us for way longer that's
1: true i haven't <laughs> added it all up i probably will at the very end
2: and every minute is
0: gold <laughs> yes it is so uh, the first line then is well we're going to perform an electronic cerebrectomy And then he spits it out again. Doc Hopper says what? And he says, electronic cerebractomy and just spits it out, which I love. (laughs) I love the way that he's, it's like saying it louder and more forcefully is just like the most exciting thing in the world to him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And there's a moment where Piggy gasps after he says it, but it's a little bit delayed. Like, like she's heard of it somewhere before, but she had to think about it. And then she's like, (gasps) not that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So then he Uh, says, like, actually something just about the, Sarah, Uh, you know, a a thing that is so odd and interesting about these two minutes is how does Dr. Craftsman talk? Is like an open (laughs) question. Like, what is this accent? Is he good at speaking English or not? Is an open question (laughs) as we will see. Um, Let's just keep that. I think that's what we're tracking for these two minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a good thing. Um, so Doc Hopper asks what that is, and he says, it's something so sensational, you'll have to hold on to your hat. Doc Hopper says yes, and he says, when a German scientist says hold on to your hat, it's not casual conversation. Hold on to your hat. Hat.
2: Hold. Good.
1: <laughs> yes, because Hopper gets the message and holds on to his hat.
2: Right? <laughs> so, so, invoking the German scientist. So, we ta- in, in the last episode, we talked a little bit about, like, so this is a Nazi, I guess, um, that like now he's coming in and being like the ultimate villain for the adventure story is like the Nazi, the evil Nazi scientist. Um, yeah, he doesn't say Nazi, but saying like German scientist, clearly that's that's what he's invoking here.
0: Right. And, and of course, in real life, Mel Brooks is slightly too young to have been a Nazi scientist. <laughs> but like clearly that's what the implication is. Right.
1: Yes, and Nazi-related comedy has come up in his own work more than once.
0: Right. That's- it's it's a very um, common theme. I mean, his first movie is The Producers, in which they stage a Hitler-themed musical. Right. Exactly. So it's not it's not a new area, and which also features a, a comic Nazi expat living in America. So it's not new not new
2: territory for him. Yeah, and and Mel Brooks, if folks don't know, is um, he's Jewish. He was sort of like. Very well known. That was like a big part of his work is is being Jewish and kind of the comedy of like New York Jews, basically. Um, So like being the Nazi scientist in this movie, everybody in uh, in 1979, like recognized how funny that was. Um, that here's the Jewish guy who's playing uh, who's playing the Nazi, and that and that actually specifically comes up just in a little bit. Mm,
1: that's true. Yeah. yeah, it enhances his performance when you know what Mel Brooks' deal is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, absolutely.
0: Um, so then he says, "Now what we're going to do is bring out a machine that's going to wow you," <laughs> <laughs> which I love because it's like he's a game show host yes. all of a sudden, mm-hmm. or something. Right? Like he just wants to impress Doc Hopper with his fancy toy. It's not.
1: That's so what he, yeah. Doesn't he actually say it's going to value? Value, Which, yes. As yeah. long as we're tracking, how does Professor Krasman speak? Yes.
0: So uh, it could mean wow, or it could mean you're going to swear to this machine.
2: Yes. Take a vow. I don't know. And a, a, a weird thing about that line, about the moment, is um, is this question of like who is he showing off to? Like he's clearly apparently performing and sort of talking just for Doc um but it sounds like a variety like it sounds like the kind of thing that you would do like on stage like on a variety show or something where you say, right. like i'm gonna bring something out that's gonna wow you and you're not really talking to doc like you're talking to the right. huh. it's 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 like the editorial you like the royal you i guess is what i mean yes it's just whoever happens to be
0: listening yeah and then he says bertram bertram bring out the machine <laughs> and so I don't like that. We don't, this is the only thing we hear about Bertram. We don't even really see his face. He's just the guy who wheels out the machine. But I love that Professor Craftsman apparently has a guy whose entire job is to push his frog mind control machine around.
1: Is he not just one of the the goons in the barn?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess he is. But like, I love the idea that it's this guy's specific job.
1: And his name is Bertram. Right? And his name is Bertram. Bertram. I <laughs> think this ma- is one of those comedy rules where it's always funnier the more specific you get if he had just said hey right. bring that machine out that's not very it's, funny but saying that's Bertram, that yeah. comedy Bertram,
0: roll up bring out the machine right and then and then again doubling down on the on the host variety host game show host thing he says wait till you see this because mm-hmm. it's just he's just built, he's, he's like the hype man for his own mind control
2: machine <laughs> right and they're also they're also like showing off for Kermit and Piggy, I guess. Like they're specifically trying to get them really good and scared. Yeah, for some right. reason that's important to them. Mm-hmm.
1: And the fact and that then... Craftsman is showing off this machine means that Hopper didn't actually know what Craftsman's plan was coming in. Like we talked last week about how he hired him to do frog mind control but apparently hopper had no idea what craftsman's methods were going to be for this particular case or this yeah, is true.
2: new i guess
1: yeah well yeah, like, I, I, it, there's, yeah there's like the backstory for like
2: how did who drove this machine all the way up to <laughs> right well but then doc hopper's next lines actually get into that
0: right because he he doubles down on the germanness <laughs> and he explains where it comes from he says do you think we're sleeping in dusseldorf you think we're taking a nap in cologne no we're working at night so this this new machine clearly is like something that they've just come up with
1: right all Which the top scientists in germany, germany have been working around the clock on on frog mind control
2: <laughs> right right and so part and, of the nazi scientist, uh, like the other the thing that people would know at the time about the german scientists is Werner von braun and the like the rocket scientists that, um, right. that Absolutely. during World War II, uh, there were, you know, obviously people who were involved in the death camps, you know, were put on trial and, and convicted of war crimes. Um, but the Nazis who worked on the rocket project were so important <laughs> um, for the allies that like, we need, we need them to um, to come and help us uh, to make our own rockets and missiles and stuff. Um, so Werner von Braun was like the most famous of the Nazi scientists who who went to America and then just like started building rockets for America. Um, and was like kind of accepted, you know, this ex-Nazi scientist. Um he shows up on Disneyland, like the first episode of, of Disneyland with Walt Disney uh, oh. explaining about rockets. Um like he, and that that was like 1955. Um mm-hmm. So not that long after the end of the war, like, weren't, like, the, like the idea that German scientists are super important and come to America to, to build things um, is I think part of the resonance here that, that that's why he has like this, this complicated new machine that's coming in.
0: Right. Well, and you, I mean, you, you mentioned the Walt Disney TV show. Um, Jerry Jewell would have been a teenager when that aired. Yes. So it's it's entirely possible that he saw that or saw oh, yeah. Warner Von Brown on other show you know
2: shows in television in the nineteen fifties. I think everybody knew Warner Von Brown at the time. Like that was a big Tumblr or has a song actually about Warner Von Brown. Right, yeah.
0: But I just mean like he could very well have seen him, like I mean it could be like that's where this scene comes from. Is like yeah. the the Nazi scientist showing up on TV, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's true, showing off his stuff.
1: Yeah, and the writers yeah. just sort of absorbing that and, and right. using it here.
0: Right. So then, the and then actually, the, in a line that I feel like has to be an ad by Mel Brooks, mm-hmm. the next line is, "Each night, a new dial, a new knob, a diode, which <laughs> a transistor." I that, yeah, I love the idea that they're building this machine, which just like mm-hmm. one button at a time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like it's completely functional except for the buttons that are missing, and then they right. build a new
1: one. Although that's yeah. kind of that's kind of like Jim Henson and Jerry Julie- too, because they did a lot of, like, technology-based sketches in the early days of the Muppets on the variety shows and things, like the the computer that describes all its parts and functions and then explodes at the end.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. true.
1: So there, there is that that sort of fascination with technology on on the part of Jim and Jerry Jewell. Right.
0: So then he says, electronic cerebrectomy. Uh, Doc Hopper asks about it again, and he says it again. Doc Hopper asks, what does it do? He says, what does it do? It turns the brains into guacamole. So
1: wait a minute, did we did we skip the part where he kisses the machine and then licks it? Oh
0: man, see I'm just looking at the script
2: right now. You're right. That is Yeah, I was I was about to I was about to do yeah. the scene.
1: Because you, wow. Right <laughs> like I, I've seen screenings of this in theaters a couple times before, and that is one of those that like it's not even a laugh exactly. It's almost like like a like a gasp from the audience yeah. when he does that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can. Well, and it's like, like like you say, like it looks like he's about to go in for a kiss, and then he pulls then his head, head back moves. slightly, yeah. and then goes back in for the lick. That's what's yeah. so great that <laughs> <laughs> it's like it seems like the
2: bit is done. It seems like the <laughs> bit is missing kissing the machine. And I, I and, think that like licking that but licking the button, little moment like is really the point where he just owns the Muppet movie at this point. <laughs> like you've kind of forgotten that Kermit and Miss Piggy are even like tied up over on the, like now all you can see is Mel Brooks just like having crazy amounts of fun.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just a force of nature. And I may have mentioned this a little bit last week, but it's interesting to me how Hopper was the bad guy of the piece and also sort of this, like this larger than life comic figure up till now, and now he's just yeah. totally, you know, giving up the stage to Mel Brooks and this crazy German scientist.
0: Yeah, although Doc Hopper
1: does... seems normal in this scene.
0: <laughs> right, yes. right. Yeah. Um, although Doc, Doc Hopper does have one line that I really like in a bit. But first, um, Professor Krasman says, What does it do? It turns the brains into guacamole, mm-hmm. which I wonder if he chose guacamole specifically because it's green like a frog. Oh
1: yeah,
0: right. I mean, that's that's what's going on there, right? It it could be any it could be any dip, right? <laughs> but it's, it's guacamole because frogs are green.
1: What else could could his brains have turned into French onion dip?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, salsa. I mean, I don't know, anything. It
1: turns no? The, yeah, no, I, I think guacamole Turn, is just a funny word too.
0: Yeah, true, true. Um, so then we come to a very momentous moment. Danny mentioned a moment ago that you forget Kermit and Piggy are here. Yes. They each have exactly one line in this segment. (laughs) Um, And they're, of course, the only Muppets in the scene. Mm -hmm. So at this point, Kermit says, first of all, I'll pull out of this, okay? And then does that crazy wiggle that we mentioned last week, Mm -hmm. where he's trying to get out, wiggling like crazy, wiggling his little heart out, and Piggy deadpans. Wonderful. Second, (laughs) which is a really good joke. It's a very funny joke. But it really does feel like a reminder that this is the Muppet, right? That the Muppets are actually still sitting over there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, so, like really that... good puppet acting from Jim Henson. Yeah,
2: yeah. And and Piggy is in sort of this super glamorous pose, like that. I think is probably the shot where you can really see, like, her legs and her stockings. Like, they really play up, um, what like a perfect example of the damsel in distress would be.
1: Yeah, I guess it could be like a like an old. The pulp comic book cover yeah. or something, yeah, yeah, yeah it's that cover shot, sure.
2: yeah. yeah. And then Kermit just like failing at being the hero, <laughs> right? Trying so hard, oh, it's so good. And then um,
0: Kermit and Piggy have their little moment. Then we go back to Professor Crassman, who they're they're laughing about the machine still, about turning it into guacamole, right? And then he says, "Halt! I detest the surfeit of provincial laughter." <laughs> Which is a line I definitely didn't understand as a kid. No, I, I
2: had no idea what the words were, let alone yeah. what the sentence meant. It and just that's, like, and that's a, that amazing moment when all of a sudden, like the way that Doctor Craftsman speaks completely changes just for that line,
0: right? Just because <laughs> Mel Brooks wanted to say that thing,
2: yeah. So he's, he's you know, cerebrectomy is is doing like crazy scientist talk. Um, and then guacamole is a, you know, a much different kind of word. Um, and then he, and then I detest the serpent of provincial laughter, which is like, I guess like an English, I don't even know how to describe what kind of line that is. It is not, it is not, it does not belong in this movie or with this character in this character. Right. Right. But it's funny. Which it's is amazing. It's and so that, funny. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that makes it really funny.
1: You know, this is not a line that I have ever used in, in real life, but I probably should.
0: <laughs> well, it's one of those things that, like, on paper or when anyone else says it, it doesn't seem like it should work. Yeah. Right. But it's the way Mel Brooks said it. Like, when I just said it right now, it's like, man, that's an awkward line. Yeah. But so. it's not because he's a genius and I'm nothing. Oh,
2: honey. <laughs> like, that's oh. the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Danny. You um, come on. But uh, anyways. So, but something that's, that is, uh, that's funny about that moment is that he, when he says halt, he, like, smacks himself in the leg. With mm-hmm. his riding crop. Yeah. Um, and, and actually has like a real tiny, tiny moment of like reacting to the fact that he just hurt himself.
1: Like he's in pain. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. a very sort of old fashioned slapsticky moment. Like something uh, Maxwell Smart would do on Get Smart. Yes. Yeah. Oh, a show created by Mel Brooks. True. There you go. With Buck so, Henry.
0: With Buck Henry. He, B- Buck Henry will be glad to hear that you gave him credit.
1: Well, you know. <laughs>
2: So the thing, that's, uh, the thing that, that Mel Brooks is, is doing, and the reason why he's like allowed to own about three minutes of the Muppet movie is because he is making sure that every single line is surprising. Mm-hmm. So he Absolutely. does it in a slightly different way. You know, and that's why they sort of like switching the way that he speaks um, his tone and, and that sometimes he's giggly and sometimes he's threatening. Um, every line Mel Brooks is looking for a reason why that line should not be cut from the movie. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're right. Um, So, so next he says, now we take your friend, the little F O R G, which he's a leading expert on mind control in frogs. Yep. Yep. And he cannot spell frog.
2: And he's telling us how to, how to say cerebroctomy. Right. (laughs) Right.
1: I (laughs) wish I I could go back and figure out how many times I saw this movie before I actually noticed that he spelled frog (laughs) wrong there.
0: Yeah, well, what it always makes me think of is, uh, you guys know the Sesame Street sketch with the Kermit the Frog t-shirt? Uh, of course, I uh, wrote that down. The Kermit <laughs> the Forg t-shirt, that's what it reminds me of every time.
1: Kermit wants his Kermit the Frog t-shirt, but all they have is a Kermit the Forg shirt, a Kermit the Gorf shirt, and a Kermit the Groff shirt.
0: And Kermit gets madder and madder every time. It's great. If, yep. if, if, listeners, if you don't know that sketch, go watch it, because it's, oh man, Ooh, you're in for a treat. Yeah, yep. So anyways, then he starts describing the process, put him in the chair, clamp on the terminals, drop the electronic yamaka, Mm -hmm. which this is the line I referred to last time where it's like, this is the most chilling thing to me about him being clearly a Nazi Mm -hmm. is that like, he says, he calls his little brain frying device a yamaka, right? Terrifying. It's, it's disgusting.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like this is another thing though where it's funny because it's Mel Brooks.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right, I agree. Just like it's, it, you're right. If it, if it wasn't a performer who we knew to be very Jewish, like culturally Jewish, and it's very important to him, um,
2: it would be so tasteless. But it's Mel Brooks, so it's par for the course. Yes. Yeah, and 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 partially the word yarmulke coming out at that moment, like it's it's like a little reminder. That is it's Mel Brooks. Right, exactly. Um, And then he says,
0: and throw what we call in German, the switch. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a lot of fun. I enjoy that.
1: Yeah, I I didn't bother to look that up on uh, Google Translate. Translate switch from German to English.
0: Oh, you didn't? Okay, so we'll never know.
1: No, we'll never know.
0: We'll never know how you say that in English. Um, and then he continues, yes, you little green devil. Soon it'll be a hot t- hot time at the old skull tonight. <laughs> which is such a great image, right? That it's, I mean, it's obviously this old-timey expression, a hot time in the old town tonight, mm-hmm. which is something that they said in the 30s when Mel Brooks
2: was a child. And a, a song that they sang on the Show.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
2: With the uh, um, what James Coburn, I
1: think. Is there a is there a gag in that like it's on fire or something? I don't remember that one.
2: My memory of this is that it happens. There's like that James Coburn like gangster scene, and Gonzo's in it. Oh, okay, and well, that I makes can't sense. Remember anything else about it? I'm gonna have to go look it up on Muppet Wiki. There's a there's
1: yes, one. I think we all will. <laughs>
2: yeah, um, not right, not right now because people don't want to hear us typing. Right, they can hear us um,
0: Typing anytime. And then he turns to the machine and says. Thank you, Hair Machine. <laughs> Addressing it as a colleague, giving it the respect of a title.
1: Yes. Th- this also means the machine is male.
2: That's true. Yeah. It also it is... like if, if we're personalizing the machine, then he actually just licked a coworker.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, although <laughs> oh, I don't know, no. we, we don't know what kind of relationship they have. That's true.
0: Yeah. That's true. That's true. So then he says, "Now the f- then and he says, now the frog will do your bidding. He will do your every whim.'" He will do your television commercials. Yes, he will sell your frog's
2: legs. Yeah.
0: I can't do it like him, but I, I had to try.
2: <laughs> sell your frog's legs.
1: Um, something like, it, that. like that.
0: Yeah. Which is, it's it's the broadest moment. It's the biggest moment of a scene that's all
2: broad moments. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's it's... It's the scariest, like that's why actually this is the scariest moment in the whole thing because um, there's, you know, there's a few things going on. Like it's, this is going to hurt um, and this is essentially going to be torture. Um, but also the thing that's supposed to happen at the end of it is not just like we're going to hurt Kermit and make him do what, what we want him to do, but we're actually going to fundamentally change Kermit, that he's not going to be Kermit anymore. Um, right. That we're doing something damaging to his mind, uh, and that Kermit essentially is going to be forced to betray, happily betray everything that he currently believes
1: in. Right. Yeah. Like, and these villains but, are going to just take so much pleasure in it.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, and and speaking of speaking of taking pleasure in it, Doc Hopper roars back to life at this moment,
1: because
0: mm-hmm. um, his response to that is
1: Zapparuni. Zapparuni. Yep. <laughs>
0: Which is such a nice little, like, it it, it feels like a reminder to the audience that Doc Hopper is a fun character that we enjoy watching. Right. Because he has hardly said anything through this whole (laughs) scene. And then he says, Zapparuni, which is great. And then Professor Craftsman and and Doc Hopper each have one metaphor for what's going to happen to Kermit, right? Mm -hmm. Professor Craftsman says, head full of jelly. And Doc Hopper immediately says, noggin full of library paste.
1: Yeah, that's a line that I hadn't really uh, absorbed. I don't think until this uh, viewing of these minutes.
0: Right, me neither. And um, I'm a librarian. I should. (laughs) Listeners may or may not know that, and I had never noticed that line. So that was a lot of fun for me
1: to notice. Do you work with library paste much as a 21st (laughs) century librarian?
0: Uh, No, not much. Um, I mean, and and I work in a school, so if like a book falls apart, we just replace it with something new that kids will will want, like an iPad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, all of our students have iPads There you go. Uh,
1: issued to them by the school district. But but don't try to fix an iPad with library paste.
0: No, I've yes. never tried
1: it. That won't work.
0: Yeah. So anyways, not even full of library paste, which again, you mentioned specificity earlier, right? Maybe that was last week, but um, just the, the specific, like, yeah, I think we're talking about Bertram being specific. So it's funnier. So I feel about library paste, right? Noggin yeah. full of paste would be funny. Noggin full of library paste is much funnier.
2: <laughs> it also seems like a metaphor that's just right on the tip of Doc Hopper's tongue. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's a thought he's had before. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: true. He's been waiting for the opportunity.
2: Yeah. A, a noggin
0: full of library paste. Um, so then Professor Craftsman excitedly says, let's fry them brains. <laughs> and Doc Hopper says... Well, let's do that. Let's, let's fry them brains. Any thoughts on that?
1: It's, it's another uh, great unhinged line from Craftsman.
0: Right. And then Doc Hopper says, you've got a fun job. And Craftsman says, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Which is such a nice little exchange. Like he's talking about just like torturing poor little Kermit. And
2: it's, right. you've got a fun job. Yeah, he's he is. They're both really giddy right now at the <laughs> idea of both like burning and hurting kermit and you know destroying his mind
1: right this is what they both really want yeah yeah well and And it's it's
2: enjoyable for them
0: right well and professor craftsman makes that very clear with his next line which is if i could inflict a little pain during the afternoon i sleep good at night Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that makes it sound almost like it's it's this noble calling Mm mm-hmm he, he's 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 doing good work. He's he doing feels good he, about himself when he does this. Yeah,
0: what he's supposed to do in life, right? And we close on a very ominous exchange. Doc Hopper says, "Well, I'll let or we'll let you get on with it then." And Professor Krasman says, "My pleasure." And that's the end. That's the cliffhanger.
2: We don't know <laughs> what he's going to do to Kermit still. Like, I know this. This is. Uh, I've been nervous about getting towards the end of this. The end of this episode because I knew I was gonna be left in suspense. You're never gonna find out. I don't know. I don't even know when I'm gonna be back on the show again. So well, I I do think it's crazy
0: um watching it two minutes at a time like this. (laughs) The the last episode ended where we felt like we were about to see what he's gonna do to Kermit. Yes. And here we are two minutes later, and we're essentially in the same place. Like we know a little bit more, he's gonna fry his brains, he's gonna control his mind.
2: But even more terrified. This has been this has been two minutes of mounting terror. Right, right, absolutely. Where Kermit is completely useless. He is not going to save himself. Yeah, we established that twice.
1: They could have easily described what he's about to do to Kermit, but Mel Brooks just can't help himself. I think is is what <laughs> happened here. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's probably true. But it's uh, it's such a great scene, and like going yeah. through it line by line just makes me appreciate it even more because. Yeah, sure. every single joke works.
1: Yeah, this might be the funniest two minutes of the movie. And, the yeah, and are again,
0: not in it. no, the Muppets are not in it. Mel Brooks really does take over. It, it, it becomes a Mel Brooks movie for, for two and a half, th- probably three minutes, right? Yeah. It's going to keep going for a little bit. And it's remarkable that it doesn't destroy the tone. It doesn't break
2: the movie. And this is so soon after I hope that something better comes along. Right, like just, which is hilarious. Yeah, this hilarious, like the most Muppety song, and then uh, gunfire and tying people up, and then the terrifying Nazi scientist who's going to turn Kermit into a zombie. It's like right. a, it's a completely different movie.
0: Right. Well, it, and I mean, it's a completely different movie. And so far, basically the whole movie after after beginning when Kermit meets Fozzie at the El Slezo, right every set piece is introducing a new Muppet friend and letting them do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I I, I guess you could say the thing with Gonzo floating. That's, that's the first break from that. Mm -hmm. But then we get right back to it with Rolf. So it, it, it's such a strange turn and I, but but it plays fine because I never thought about it being a strange turn until we started talking about it right now. Yeah. It all feels like a like a movie. It feels like a story, and it's remarkable that they're able to keep that balance.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. It was balance is a good word. I was just thinking. I hope that something better comes along. Is a very funny song. This is a very funny scene. They're completely different mm-hmm. tonally, which which might actually help because we're we're laughing at this one thing, and now we're laughing at this totally different thing.
2: Yes. And, and this movie is, you know, is partly kind of a pastiche of other movies, you know, and the clearest example is, is never before, never again, where, where it's actually like specifically referencing like several other movies in a row. And this is now, I don't, I don't think that there's like any specific other movie reference or other story reference that's in this, but it's clearly going for kind of like the pulp action, um, you know, like girl on the on the
1: cover of the the pulp magazine. Right. Yeah, and right. escaping yeah. from the clutches of the mad scientist.
0: Right. I mean, even even setting it in a barn, which is a very pulp pulp yeah. magazine yeah. pulp adventure thing. Like, you know, there's no there's no reason for this mind melting machine to be in a barn instead of a science lab or a warehouse or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. a barn is not the most natural setting for this, except that that's where you might see a damsel tied up on the cover of Thrilling Adventure,
2: Mick. Tied to a a bomb with a fuse. Right. Right. A barrel full of TNT. Right.
1: Do you think Hopper owns this barn?
2: That's Sure.
1: Whose barn is it? (laughs) Or he's just renting it, maybe.
2: I I, I like to think it's Bertram's barn.
1: Oh, there you go.
2: That's where he keeps his (laughs) machine. Bertram's (laughs) barn. You know, now, now that you say that, so there they were. They went to this hotel. Like, Kermit and Piggy and the other characters end up at this hotel for Kermit and Piggy's date. Mm-hmm. We don't really know where this is.
0: No, it's it's in the United States. We know they that. They can't be North
1: too far country, from right? Bogan County. But we, I mean, we don't know where Bogan County is, so. Right.
2: Um, and so I can't imagine that, you know, and, and then it, at least it seems like... Um, it's fairly close to the barn to wherever doc has them right yeah uh to doc you know the, i guess the barn is kind of like doc hopper's villainous lair uh or at least that's kind of how we're treating it uh yeah so yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say they uh they're trespassing that seems likely sure, sure. yeah i could get yeah. on board with that i wouldn't be surprised I thought I'm so sorry. I really thought that I was. There was a point to where I was going with that. Don't thing. you love when that happens? I really, so, yeah. I really didn't go anywhere, and I, I all I can do is apologize.
1: I will say that has happened to me <laughs> twice within this episode and last week's episode. So don't worry.
0: All right, we've all been. We are all. So, um, we are. We we have reached the thrilling cliffhanger. So is there anything else either of you would like to add? Just that I'm very very worried,
2: and I hope. That something happened. Yeah, me too. that, uh, I'll,
1: that will save our hero. I
0: will sit I will quake in front of my television until a week has passed to I find out what happened. I yeah, I wait.
1: just the I air just, air air just air air really air. hope the rest of the movie is not just Kermit doing frog legs commercials. Oh, that'd
0: be awful. Mind-controlled Kermit doing frog legs. <laughs>
2: that's actually not just the
0: rest of the movie. That's the last thirty-nine years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Thirty-nine, yeah. Um So as we reach a cliffhanger and contemplate the passage of time since the Muppet movie came out, that brings us to the end of this episode. So uh, join us again next week when we'll find out what happens to Kermit and Piggy. And in the meantime, check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere else. You can follow me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. You can follow Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe and Danny remind our listeners where they can
2: find you on the internet. Uh, You can see my blog about a 1960s vampire soap opera called Dark Shadows, and the blog is called darkshadowseveryday.com. So if you're so inclined, check out Danny's blog, and
0: immediately after you read his hilarious entries, give us a positive view on iTunes. And then tell all your friends to listen to the show. Join us right here next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Bye.
1: Goodbye.
2: Rooney!